Welcome to the Progress Not Perfection podcast with Dr. W, where we celebrate stories of progress and not perfection. So welcome back to our third episode. Um, thank you all for who have been following along and listening and giving us some great feedback. It's been such a joy so far, and I'm really excited to delve into some of the other topics um, that we're going to have over the next few episodes. So again, thank you for such a great beginning, and I look forward to where we're going to go with this podcast. A few days ago on Instagram, so those of you who follow me on Instagram, thank you so much. Um, I threw out a couple ideas of topics and I wanted to get some feedback as to where we're going to go next. And um, I'm really grateful for everybody who went into the poll and answered. And it's funny because I threw out six topics um, and all were well received. So what my announcement here is, is that I will go over all of those topics just in a particular order. So, um, I should throw out the same thing on Facebook. I apologies that I did not. So I will continue to ask questions on social media as far as the topics that you want to see. And again, feel free to also leave me voice notes here. I'm happy to answer those questions as well. The topic that I'm going to start with, um, one of the six that were posted is imposter syndrome. So today I want to review a little bit about that and even share a story related to imposter syndrome. Let's just jump into the topic and go from there. Um, what is imposter syndrome, right? And remember, I'm a doctor, so I have to bring in the research on this. But my goal with research is to bring it um, from theory and research to practical application. So imposter syndrome, it was, it's a phenomenon that was researched back in the late 70s um, by a research team um, by the names of Clance and Imes. So they coined the term imposter phenomenon, which we now today call as imposter syndrome. Um, in their research, they looked at 150 highly successful women and found that they had a common internal experience of intellectual phonies. So what does that actually mean? That even though all of these women had super successful careers, they had several achievements, um, including multiple college degrees, they were respected professionals in their given field, um, and people were looking up to them and mentoring them, they all really felt like their success wasn't real and that part of it was just fake. Um, so the researchers decided to continue to look into this and since the 1970s, many researchers have now focused on this phenomenon. Um, you've probably been, you know, seen it in popular media. I know I read a Harvard Business Review article about it as many, um, among many others. I, I even did a blog post on it um, on Bell's Notebook. So if you wanted to check out the blog post on it, it is on www.bellsnotebook.com. Um, you could read all about it as well as the stuff that I'm talking about here today. Widely studied phenomenon and it's kind of back in uh, conversation right now. So what are the researchers really talking about is the fact that even though people can be really highly successful, they just may not feel like their success is truly real. You know, that it is a fake or that they um, fooled enough people to believe that they were successful. So what inspired me to throw this question out um, and also blog about it a few weeks ago was the fact that I heard a lot of people expressing uh, similar feelings 
Um, but when I brought up um, imposter syndrome, they weren't as familiar with it. And I understand as a researcher, I'm familiar with these theories and, and these various topics because my colleagues study it or I'm studying it myself. So I figured a podcast is a great um, place to have this kind of conversation. Well, have bring about the discussion. So I've just defined to you what imposter syndrome is. So what does that actually mean and how does that look like? So again, researchers have kind of um, established certain ways that a person may feel or how this might manifest itself with them. So I'll go through sort of all of them and how this relates, right? The first one is this feeling of I can't fail. Not that the person is, you know, very sure of themselves and feeling like, oh, no matter what I do, I'm awesome. What it means is I have to be successful so that I'm proving myself to have earned this position, right? So this idea that I can never fail or I can't show my failures because I have to look like I know what I'm doing. So that is one of the ways that imposter syndrome kind of shows itself. So it could be in the person that works really, really hard um, or, you know, stays over time to you know, make sure a project is done right. So again, back to the theme of this podcast, right? They won't release something until it's absolutely perfect instead of showing their work in progress because I have to prove that I did a really good job about it. I have to say I sometimes do this too. Um, and then I make sure that all my work is done, especially with writing. I try, I've totally embrace that I need an editor and that I need somebody to look at it. But even before I hand it to him and he is a person that I very much trust, um, it has to look a certain way before I allow him to um, take a, even a look at it, let alone give me his edits. The second way that imposter syndrome may show itself is these, this feeling that I feel like a fake. I feel like, you know, people are going to see right through me and I'm not going to, you know, they're, they're just going to see through me. They know that I don't know what I'm talking about. And even though you absolutely know what you're talking about. So it may sound like um, a fear, a fear of beginning something, right? And I know usually when we all start something new, it is new and it's a little scary. But this is like a continual feeling of they're going to see through me. I have to say where this, I can relate to this is when I first started teaching. When I first started teaching, I was um, 29 years old and still getting my doctoral degree. Um, I had some teaching experience prior to, and I started part-time before I went full-time. So I had a really nice um, trajectory of getting into the field. Um, but I remember just feeling like my age was going to get in the way. Um, not that anybody told me that it was just like oh my gosh I'm so young uh to teach at the college level people are gonna see right through me they're gonna think I don't know or they're gonna see that I don't know what I'm talking about even though I knew exactly what I was talking about um I was teaching first year experience classes and by that time I had spent a collective 10 years in college so I knew what it was like to be a college student and to be a successful college student so how after all that experience did I not know what I was talking about I clearly knew what I was talking about, but I was really concerned about people seeing through me or looking at my age as um, a bad thing. And for the first few years, I couldn't get really over it. Um, I was just, it was just there. It was just a 
concern that I had. And again, not because somebody told me I was too young to teach. Um, I felt it. So it was me in my own head. Well, there were a few instances where, you know, someone had pointed out my age and stuff, but nothing that would deter me from staying in the field. So this idea of feeling like, you know, I, I shouldn't be in this field or I shouldn't be doing this. Um, that's another way that imposter syndrome may show itself. The third way is this feeling of, I, I just got lucky. It was just timing. It was just, um, you know, things worked out. And, you know, in life, we all know that there are times where things are just going to work out well and in your favor. But with imposter syndrome, you're feeling more like my success is all due to luck. I was all due to luck because I knew somebody who helped get me into this job. I knew somebody who helped teach me the skills or um, this position open up and I happened to slide right into it. So you are instead of, you know, praising the hard work or acknowledging the hard work that you did to get there or your skill set, you're just saying, mm, I, it was just luck. It was just all luck. Um, that got me there. And I know I sometimes do still do this today where, you know, someone's like, oh, that's awesome. You know, um, again, thank you to the Hartford Current for their profile of me um, a few weeks ago. And a lot of times people were just saying congratulations. And I caught myself saying a couple times of like, oh, like it was just great timing. And, you know, it was great timing, but a lot of the things that I've been doing were years in the making. Um, so the timing of the current article was fabulous. Um, but I have to also acknowledge that there was a lot of work that got me to that feature. Now I'm more likely to take a step back and say, okay, wait, let me think this through. But previously I would have just said, well, it was just luck. You know, uh, it was just great timing. Somebody happened to find me and that's all it was. And then the fourth way imposter syndrome shows itself is when you say things like, it's no big deal. I mean, yeah, that's great. I'm successful, but you know, every, everybody would be successful. Someone else in my shoes would be equally as successful, right? So you're sort of taking, again, the work and all the things that you've been doing off of you and onto somebody else. Again, it's also looking at things like not being able to accept a compliment. Like, again, back to my, my Hartford Current example, if I were to say something like, oh, it, it's no big deal. It's kind of a big deal to get into the Hartford Current. It's kind of an awesome deal to get into that, right? But if I had said, no, it's no big deal. Um, It's fine. It's all good. That would be one way of just sort of downplaying my success. So those are sort of the big four ways that you may be, you may recognize imposter syndrome, right? So what are some of the ways that you could deal with them and sort of work through them? The first one is recognizing when the feelings come up, all right? Kind of to the examples that I just gave you recently of saying things like, you know, wait, it is a big deal. Wait, it is something to celebrate. Wait, it is awesome, right? So a lot of this too is re- uh, working how you kind of think about your successes. Um, also reframing, reframing these um, points in your in your thought process that things are going to work out and things have worked out because you have uh, done a good job about it. The big thing too is also talking about feelings. Um, I would say this has probably been the best thing um, to for me um, at first. Again, back to when I started teaching, I, for a while, I mean, again, my, I was finishing my doctorate, I was teaching, there was, there was, again, a lot of stuff going on. And for about two years, I was very focused on teaching and getting my dissertation completed. So I, I didn't 
stop and, and talk or think a lot, which was a mistake on my part. But then I started working with a mentor who at the time I never told him he was my mentor. I just looked up to him. And I'll tell you more about that when we get to our podcast about mentoring. Um, but I remember talking to him a lot about what I was feeling and where I was going with it. And I think a lot of those conversations and a lot of the skills that he showed me helped me to overcome sort of to that next step. Um and I noticed when I stopped thinking like that, when I stopped thinking, oh my gosh, someone could see through me. Someone is going to, you know, call me out in the middle of a class. That's what I was really concerned about was getting called out by a student in the middle of, you know, 20 other people looking at me. Um, once I stopped thinking about it, the classroom dynamic shifted and it was more fun and more interactive while we were still doing work. But the shift happened and I felt it in myself, but I also felt it with my students. So that's one thing that I also realized um, helped me to move forward. So a lot of stuff I throw at you in a couple of minutes. Um, one thing I should also highlight with this theory, it's not necessarily about low self-esteem or a self-esteem issue. It's more um, tangled with perfectionism and sort of being uh, perfect or showing things that until they look a certain way. Um, so really, it's kind of the opposite of that, of working towards it. And the problem with that is, you know, at what point does an individual say things are perfect? Things are going to be okay, and I'm okay with it being at this point. Um, and again, it goes back to the theme of this podcast. Um we could celebrate all the times where things worked out perfectly and things will work out perfectly. But a lot of getting there is the progress along the way and celebrating that progress. So um, this seemed like a very important topic to cover. And I wanted to at least introduce to you the the theory and the concept at a very high level. And I would love to keep the conversation going. Um, I don't think this should be a one and done sort of podcast. Um, so please send me back your feedback. I would love to hear it. I would love to see what else you would like me to cover within imposter syndrome. I take this episode as an overview of the theory and um, where um, we should go with it next is all up to you. So thank you for tuning in and I will look forward to seeing you at the next podcast. Visit us at www.bellsnotebook.com. Subscribe to our email list for all of our updates like us on social media, and thank you for following along.